0: I think the challenge for, for students is really actually discover what it is that they want to do because they have a kind of unconscious understanding, intuitive understanding of certain things and it's, and it's at that level of imagination. Uh, um, and um, in, in the process of enrolling and doing all the things that we ask them to do which are in fact useful exercises, um, they can lose sight. Of what was in fact their vision, uh, and the challenge of a PhD is in fact communicating a vision. Uh, that's the harder thing. So it's it's taking that vision that you first had, first first had, when when you, you thought, oh, I want to do a PhD, I want to look at this and I want to look at that, and it's actually learning to communicate that vision, which is in fact a craft that you have to learn. Uh, but at the same time the danger is that in the process of learning the craft you lose sight of the vision because you work on other people's visions <laughs> um, and and uh, you can lose sight of, of what was your original vision and it's important to stick to it. You stick to your passion and stick to your guns because for 20 years I was interested in a philosopher that nobody was interested in and suddenly people are interested in it. <laughs> People ask me, you know, why you know, you discuss that French presidential election, and and you know, it was so clear, you know, what you explained, you know, you really explained what it was about and everything, and they said, where does it come from? And I said, well, the, the weird thing is, it comes from this really complicated philosophical analysis, right? But that really complicated philosophical analysis actually helps us make sense, you know, of actually. The, the immediate phenomenon that we observe, so be it Brexit or be it, you know, Macron or, or being Trump. Welcome to the Monash Arts Researchers Podcast. My name is Natalie Doyle and I'm a Senior Lecturer in the School of Languages, Literatures, Cultures and Linguistics in the Faculty of Arts at Monash University. I'm also Deputy Director of the Monash European and EU Centre. I have uh, in fact been researching three projects in in the last uh, decade or so. First of all, I've been pursuing research in a strand of French social and political theory Secondly, I've been very much interested in the crisis of the European Union. And thirdly, I have developed also an interest in this question of radicalisation in Europe, and especially radicalization in the name of Islam, as well as the risk of what I call and other commentators call co radicalization I have uh, just completed a book uh, which is going to be out before the end of the year. The book that I have written in fact provides a synthesis of those three projects that I've been uh, conducting and if there is a common theme that binds those three strengths social and political theory as well as crisis of the European Union as well as the risk of radicalization it is the idea of the crisis of democracy in Europe. So the title of my book is Marcel Goucher's Loss of Common Purpose, Marcel Goucher being the um, uh, political philosopher whose work is very important for my own analysis of all these issues. And there is a subtitle, which is Imaginary Islam and the Crisis of European Democracy. This idea comes from his work. I then connected to an original analysis of this risk of co-radicalization that I've mentioned and the fact that this connected to a crisis of democracy, which itself is the product of a profound transformation in the framework of social relationships. For two decades I've been interested in a very specific strand of French social and political theory which is in fact not very well known in the English speaking world. Some of the authors that have contributed to this strand of theory have been gaining more attention uh, over let's say the last ten years Uh, but I was interested in fact in the work of the intellectual hair of the leading figures of this particular strand of social political theory, and his name is Marcel Gaucher. Uh, And Marcel Gaucher uh, just completed his major intellectual project, which was a four-volume history, but also theory of European democracy. Um, The reason why I've always been interested in that strand of social political theory and the work of Marcel Goucher in particular, is the fact that it questioned some of the uh, key ideas that have become very, very dominant um, in uh, the humanities and to a certain extent also the social sciences in the English-speaking world, inspired, funnily enough, by a different strand of French theorization, <laughs> which has given birth to this concept of French theory. So I'm talking about such... You know, really important authors such as uh, Michel, Michel Foucault or Jacques Derrida. And the social, social, the strand um, of social political theory that that I'm interested in, is in fact um, a question: the reduction of modern culture, or to use you know, the sociological term, modernity, to the notion of discourse. Um, and they've been interested in actually investigating the role of imagination. Um, and what is interesting about their work is that they present, in a sense, a more optimistic, although it's also very critical, perspective of modern European culture. We are, that it is not totally dominated, constrained, limited by a discourse. That, in fact, it always contains the possibility of reimagining reinventing certain things Um, and I'm not saying that it wasn't there in Foucault but it was much less so. So it's this emphasis on imagination and also by extension this emphasis on the symbolic structures of social life um, that has always uh, uh, attracted my attention and which I wanted to be able to to present uh, in my book. Especially as I said Uh, with respect to the work of Marcel Gaucher, which has been, to a certain extent, neglected in the English-speaking world. In my book, I try to build on Marcel Gaucher's argument about the nature of uh, the crisis um, that is, in fact, unfolding in Europe, which is approached mostly from an economic perspective or even a political perspective, from the perspective of party politics, say you know there's a lot of discussion of populism and so on, and I'm interested in uh, his analysis of this crisis of democracy as being an analysis, in fact, of uh, the um, pathology, if you want, the disruption that has been caused by the transition from a underlying symbolic framework of democratic social life in European societies to a new one and this transition is associated with the full deconstruction of those hierarchical structures which were very dominant until very very recently and which were evident in many different aspects of social life from the family gender relations to the working place. Um, and so Gauche's analysis of the crisis of European democracy, which to a certain extent can have echo with what's happening in other Western countries, does highlight the fact that there really, they are superficial phenomena, the economic crisis uh, that we have seen, um, the rise of populism, the crisis of political parties, but that it is in fact uh, these are just epiphenomena that are manifestations of a much much profound transformation happening in a sense at that symbolic level which is itself connected to the way societies uh, imagine their identity, imagine their collective purpose. So that leads to this idea that there appears to be a superficial loss of collective purpose because we are shifting to a new understanding of social relationship which will in fact promote much greater individual empowerment. Um, Now, this has been interpreted by certain strands of theory, that there was, in fact, a complete desymbolization of 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 social relationships. Um, I won't go into the complexities of the analysis, but Marcel Gauchy actually argues against that and says that, in fact, European societies still have a great deal of social cohesion, but at an implicit level, and that what is happening is that, what used to be explicit structures of authority and organization have now become implicit, but that European societies have become destabilized in the process of moving to a new mode of of, of social cohesion. And his analysis I find fascinating because it actually offers a totally uh, novel understanding of what we are discussing so much these days, which is neoliberalism. Uh, Gauche's discussion of the neoliberal ideology and of the utopia he argues uh, it has been promoting actually incorporates a theory of contemporary capitalism. Uh, His history of uh, liberal democracy, of European liberal democracy, actually discusses different stages in liberalism because. Uh, he does not actually consider that ge- uh, that uh, capitalism constitutes an unchanging phenomenon across history. So he argues that the contemporary neoliberal era um, is actually characterized by a new form of capitalism, which he calls generalized capitalism, as opposed to an earlier form of capitalism uh, s- associated with the Second Industrial Revolution uh, uh, and that other, that preceding form of capitalism he calls systematized capitalism. So the neoliberal era according to Gaucher has given birth to generalized capitalism and it is a form of capitalism to which corresponds to what I've already alluded to, I use the term economism and when I talked about it I s- talked about the fact that this notion of economism refers to the fact that contemporary society Uh, seem to be considering the economy today as the parable means for them to create their future, uh, but also to provide a kind of general cognitive model which helps them understand themselves, how they function and what they actually uh, create. So in the last volume of his theory of democracy, Gaucher, in fact, gives a very complex and detailed analysis of what he considers to be a new phenomenon, generalized capitalism, and it has a number of characteristics. The role of the market, the role of the notion of capital, the relationship to the existing world and what he calls a futuristic vision, which means that Western societies in particular have become totally motivated. By the desire to create a future that is quite different, and that goes way into issues that have been discussed a lot re- recently, which is bioethics, the, for example, the desire now for human beings to reshape their bodies, to 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 acquire uh, the, the the bodies that that they desire to have through the the, the progress of uh, uh, biomedical uh, science, so he argues that it has this generalized capitalism is generalized because it has in fact come the its spirit has actually come to penetrate all the different aspects of social relationships um it incorporates many different uh phenomena um it's for example it involves the marketization of social life right it's not just monetary transactions it's just that Uh, more and more social relationships have been reshaped um, through activities that seek to find areas of human life that can be improved uh, and where therefore certain disciplines, um, I mentioned like biomedical science, can in fact offer solutions. So it can be in the form of uh, machines or professional services and so on. Gaucher uh, analyzes the fact that this has also been uh, affecting the political domain uh, and the reshaping of the political domain so that it would become closer to a kind of market model, uh, which was accompanied with the emergence of new definitions of what governance should be like, the use of comparative valuations, assessments, Uh, which are introduced into not only the formulation of policy-making but the the delivery of it, the notion of competitive efficiency that has now come to also affect the way uh, policy-making is approached. So this incorporates many phenomena that political theory has been studying for a while, uh, like decentralization, the delegation of competencies to autonomous agencies, incorporated notions notion that we are so familiar with today, such as best practice, good governance, uh, uh, the redefinition of, of democratic legitimacy. So, as I said before, Gush's analysis, in fact, focuses on Europe. Uh, uh, and so, in his analysis, obviously, he talks the most about how, in Europe, all this redefinition of what good politics, good policy-making uh, is, has involved the development of a new form of state or a new transnational level of governmental expertise, and that's obviously the European Union, which then embraced uh, this neoliberal utopian vision I mentioned before, that of knowledge society, by wanting to be the most competitive and dynamic knowledge-based economy in the world, which was you know, one of the objectives of the European Union, formulated... Uh, I think it was uh, 2000. There are a million, million characteristics, but I will just add maybe one more, uh, which is the fact that this broad understanding of capitalism, which uh, Gaucher formulates, uh, is also analyzed by him as having penetrated the very personal sphere uh, and the way individuals conduct their lives. Uh, so the, the there's been a kind of generalization, personal incorporation of the model of economic cac- uh, calculation in all forms of of uh, uh, personal relationships, and it has also involved the intrusion of the notion of contract. Right? You can, for example, see the notion of contract becoming very pro- prominent in discussion of consent when it comes to sexual relationships, for example. Um, that there is this, been you know, this proposal for kind of contractualization of sexual relationships to secure consent. So that's one of the many things that Goshi talks about and uh, that incorporates in his analysis of uh, generalized capitalism. So as I say, it's it's very very broad. And so to summarize it, huh, I would say there's one notion that uh, Gauchy puts forward is that the idea that capitalism today promotes a pursuit of what he calls an anthropocosmos, so a a reshaping of the world, both the human world and the national world, so that it can be perfectly tailored uh, to human uh, desires. And that's Overall, a project of rationalization using human reason to transform the world, to transform both the natural world and the social world so that it matches human needs. And it therefore involves what I've already discussed uh, this new imaginary representation of social relations, something that can be regulated rationally through the interplay of interests within a framework, within a juridical framework, within the framework of the law, which is increasingly defined as being, uh, uh, being motivated by the notion of individual rights. So this is an overall analysis of the rationalization of all aspects of human, li- human life, uh, which is so central to uh, the contemporary neoliberal ideology. What Gaucher analyzes is the advent of a new form of, of of capitalism which is called generalism, according to him, has in fact totally changed the relationship between what can be called capitalism and what can be called democracy, which he shows to have been interconnected throughout European history and in many ways to have balanced one another. So he doesn't consider it to be capitalism and democracy to be completely incompatible. But he argues that there has been, since the advent of this new vision of the anthropocosmos, as, as, as I mentioned before, and of generalist capitalism, a loss of balance between the different dimensions of democracy which developed over the course of human history. So there is a dimension, obviously, of um, of what he calls the political, which is the, the project of collective, collective political self-determination, which is also associated with the traditional notion notion of sovereignty, which has increasingly taken the back seat to the pursuit of rights. So a minimal definition of democracy has in fact become dominant. Democracy is now understood as being basically the pursuit of whatever can maximize the freedom of individuals and protect their rights. And the idea that there needs to be some kind of project of collective self-determination as well has, in fact, been losing favor. Uh, the notion of sovereignty is no longer at all, you know, prominent in all discussions of. of uh, democracy today, then there is that other dimension of contemporary liberal democracy, which is economic freedom and the capacity therefore to use science, technology, innovation to transform uh, to transform a social life, including in its most material uh, forms. Then the third dimension be, being the role of the law, which is said has become in fact much more much more considerable than it ever was. So according to Gaucher, this loss of balance between the three dimensions of democracy has, in fact, uh, 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 led to a degradation of democracy in Western countries, which have been increasingly becoming more like elective oligarchies, which means it's elites that sort of are renewed or partially renewed by the electoral process. But there is, in fact, a great deal of continuity despite the electoral process which in fact has encouraged the disengagement of populations with the political process. Now, he does not talk about it at great length in his book, but he has talked about it in other articles and everything. But in my book, I talk a little bit more, because that is obviously something that is very controversial when it comes to the European Union. It's this question of the status of labor law because the neoliberal utopia the neoliberal ideology is based on an individualistic understanding of social relations that they are divide, derived from individual dra- interests and that they must be framed by individual rights and the pursuit of individual freedom the whole collective purpose which is associated with the pursuit of collective political self-determination has has faded has has been has been forgotten and that is very apparent in the, within the European Union, what has happened to the retreat of labour law, the loss of what had been acquired in a previous era of European history in terms of labour rights. Um, so, according to Gaucher, it is in Europe that that neoliberal utopia actually found its most fertile ground, which actually challenges a lot of preconceived ideas because m- most contemporary discussions of neoliberalism stress the role of the United States. Uh, and Goussin, in fact, uh, argues that it is perhaps in Europe that the neoliberal utopia was 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 m- most influential, with some disastrous consequences which are becoming apparent both in the economic crisis but also this risk of political radicalisation because the political systems are now in acute crisis. I became aware that there was uh, something that I like to call the risk of co-radicalization when I worked on colleagues about the difficulties associated with the integration of migrants of Muslim culture into European societies. And that made me aware that there was something happening in Europe that was maybe also happening to a lesser extent in all Western societies, but was definitely assuming a more dramatic form which was this phenomenon of reaction, um, uh, interaction uh, between radicalization in the name of Islam, promoted by the spread of Islamic fundamentalism, which is a spread not only in Europe but across the Muslim world, And this interaction of Muslim Muslim, uh, fundamentalism with a kind of homegrown type of radicalization born out of the destabilization of European societies. And, of course, the most striking example of that was when the Norwegian Anders Breivik um, uh, uh, committed uh, an attack uh, in which he, in fact, pointed the finger at the European Union for having left Europe uh, defenseless in the face of a kind of um, uh, invasion, Muslim invasion, uh, which was threatening European civilization. So what this uh, emergence of two forms of radicalizations facing one another, uh, so uh, jihadism for want of a better word, and uh, uh, a new form of extreme uh, right-wing civilization or form of of activism and violent activism, uh, what it highlighted was the not only the destabilization of the political systems but the underlying crisis that goes with that difficult transition to a new mode of social cohesion in which the nation-state's role uh, has become more implicit has become complemented by a host of international organizations which in europe obviously is first and foremost uh, the european union so the, uh, that risk of co-radicalization highlights the difficult, the reasons behind the difficult integration of Muslim immigrants into European societies because maybe European societies for themselves have actually lost the capacity to in fact formulate explicitly what their values, for want of a better word, uh, Ah, or what I would prefer to call, why their identity is at a symbolic level, so they are confronted with an ideology, a uh, Muslim fundamentalist ideology that rejects their liberal values, that rejects uh, their pursuit of gender equality, their pursuit, uh, their um, that reject their their pursuit of a more complex sexual identities, so the recognition of gay rights, the recognition, say, of uh, transgender rights. Um, But at the same time they are powers because um, they have those strong liberal values where values ought to be the choice of individuals. Um, And so they actually uh, formulated a positive identity because their identity is in fact on the basis of individualistic values which make it very difficult to articulate a clear collective identity or clear collective purpose. So that risk of co-radicalization, in other words, is a manifestation of that difficult transition that European societies are going through. It's the first... and Nobody has written a book on Gaucher like that, in French or English. Okay, so it's the first... Comprehensive book about Gushie's philosophy, from his very early writings to the most recent writings. So obviously, I hope for it to be a book that triggers interest in Gaucher's work, and so that uh, it is not to so say that it hasn't been any interest, but it's been it's been sort of. Um, niche interests. So there's been people working on Gaucher who interested in the significance of human rights, So why human rights become important. There's people work on the different aspect of Gaucher. So I hope that this book offers uh, uh, an overview of, of his work that will get people interested in his work. Then of course, I also hope that it contributes to an understanding of the nature of the crisis of European democracy, um, but i don't i don't actually uh, offer a um a comprehensive analysis in the prologue to the book i say that i am not in fact trying to account for all the issues that are connected to the difficulty of integrating muslim culture in western societies or european society specifically but that i am trying to actually offer a a an analysis that uh, uh, that uh, provides an understanding of of the fundamental context within which those issues uh, are playing out. Gosh's analysis of what he sees as the degradation of liberal democracy uh, with you know under the influence of this uh, neoliberal utopia um, uh obviously uh, incorporates uh, uh, an analysis of the phenomenon of depoliticization, I've already talked about that, the crisis of, of the political systems. But he interprets it something much more fundamental, which is a loss by European societies, but as I've said before, hinted before, I think it is relevant, in fact, for all Western societies, a loss of political imagination, uh, because of that framework, which is largely individualistic. There's been a loss of the capacity to imagine uh, different political projects. And it is in that context, I think, that one can see that the uh, younger generations are particularly attracted to uh, to Marx and a revival of Marxist theory, which Gucci's work in fact argues is not apt for a reimagining of democracy in the contemporary era. Now, when I finished the work, uh, when I finished my book, there were already some signs that things were happening. Uh, there were all those dramatic events, you know, the Trump victory, Brexit, so on. Um, there was the they they were the beginnings of the French presentation campaign, but there wasn't enough evidence, I think, to be able to really incorporate in my book a discussion of what could be the reimagining, you know, how the reimagining could take place. Uh, Gauche himself gives certain suggestions about the areas where the reimagining takes needs to take place, and he does provide some quite concrete suggestions Uh, for example getting rid of the domination of the share market model Um, that is you know all the types of um, accountancy which are now generalized across the business world which trap societies in very short-term frameworks and therefore undercut the possibility of imagining over a longer term because he's not anti-business, he's not, as I said, necessarily anti-capitalist, even though he criticizes very harshly the form that capitalism has today. So the evidence is, I think, uh, since the recent elections, that there is a hunger within the really younger generation, 18 to 25, for reimagining of the political. Um, But that, obviously, is for another research project.